This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. Thanks to Pine Cove Summer Camps for supporting Made for This. Pine Cove is excited to announce they're opening a new overnight youth camp in Georgia, the Pine Cove Springs. Check out pinecove.com springs and use the code Jenny250 for $250 off a first-time overnight youth camp registration. favorite people are here today. This whole season, it's like, get my favorite people to the podcast. Jessica Honiger, Annie Voskamp, as we like to call her around here. Guys, it's going to be a good day. (laughs) I had a book on friendship again. Just keep, just write the rest of your books on friendship. So So we we can can just just hang out. Right. That's that's (laughs) the point. Yes. I mean, I will say, y'all, we're about to disclose some things because we started something after the book was written. It would have totally been in the book if it happened earlier, but it happened mostly after it was written. And so I want to dive right in and I want to talk about what we are a part of. And Jessica, really your vision and, and how you created this incredible little thing that we call confessional community. So tell everybody a little bit about a confessional community if they don't Gosh, know. I feel so weird. Like I'm the like you're asking me, like I'm a founder of a group or something. I don't feel that way. I mean, I do feel like we all came to this, especially, you know, Anne and Jenny and I really tossing it around and committing to it. A few years ago, I had Anne and Jenny and a few other women out to my parents' ranch. Mm-hmm. I think there are about seven of us. And we invited Dr. Kurt Thompson who I had met at a leadership conference and I really fell in love with his work and asked him to come and hang out with seven women for a weekend. And he did. And I think that was the beginning of, wow, having a group of seven and going this deep and really creating a safe space. I have to admit I wanted more and I always feel like I want more than other people. Mm. And I, I tend to hold my cards back. So after that, it had been tossed around, like maybe we could, should keep doing this, but I felt like I don't want to put that demand on people. These are busy people continuing something. I like to be very open-handed, even though inside I have a want where I'm like, gosh, I like, this is life. Like, this is my favorite thing in the world is going this deep with women. If people want to commit to this, that's like two more than I can ask for. So then fast forward a couple of years later and Kurt actually started writing a book and he, he actually that time at the ranch really influenced him. Mm -hmm. and really kind of, you know, kind of painted a vision. And so we kind of all started talking about what it would look like to really have a safe, consistent, very vulnerable place for a few women. And then it just kind of grew from there. And so I, I'm a facilitator. Please don't call me the leader of this group. I won't, I won't call you the leader. She's the leader. Anyway, (laughs) There's, there's just a handful of us. Everybody is a leader in some regard carrying something heavy. And that's kind of what brought everybody together. And so there's been a lot of talk about work and marriage and, and pressure and, and difficulties that we're all facing. We've been super candid and honest. But, and this was something, I remember seeing you the first day. So we started with a little retreat together, all of us. And I remember seeing Anne on the first day and Anne is, to me, has two gears. There's Anne that's like breathing faith and like inspiration into the world. And then there's Anne that's like a little guarded 
and her head's down a little. There's like, there's truly like two of you. And you Did were you that. Did you say scared to death? Is that what you're. That, I'm trying to be Did nice. Be polite. She was scared to death, y'all. She was scared to get. She, like, she can Come be on. one of the most fierce persons I know. So that's where I want to be careful. But on that day, you were like, I don't know about this. And so talk even, Anne, about you saying yes to this. You had to fly far to be with us. You did not know everybody. Yeah, I think there was a few of us that were um, meeting with Kurt privately as our therapist. And Kurt had talked, like just said, about his own confessional communities within his clinical practice. And we all said, like, could, would you do this with all of us? But it was a, what does it look like to step into a confessional community? And what does it mean to like, do we have to confess all our sin? That's what we all kind of thought. (laughs) And do I I feel safe? Mm -hmm. Is this a safe place? And I mean, I remember, so there's total seven of us. One of the women said like, I thought we were getting together for a girls weekend. Like I didn't know like oh, no. we were going Surprise. busy, but it, I will just say us getting together. Yes. It can be scary to step into that kind of vulnerability, but ultimately what we're all looking for is to find our people where we can have deep connection and true intimacy. And you don't get to intimacy unless you take the road of vulnerability. And it was one of the most powerful weekends of my life, that first retreat. And I, I was kind of like, Jess, okay, like, I want it to become the covenantal confessional community because I don't mm. want it to end. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We've all signed in blood. It's just never going to end. Um, <laughs> no pressure, Jess, as our And leader. I think for me, well, I, uh, someone else can take the reins. <laughs> I'll be a That's part of the That's why I want to give you credit. It's been a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> no, it hasn't. I'm just, you it know, has. Has. I'm not it a strong has. logistical person. It's like, it's like person. wrangling cats. We are wild. It's wrangling cats. cats okay. Yes, it is. It's a lot. But, and that's not my strength. Lean. But for me, one of the phrases that we use a lot is we're not leaving the room. Yeah. So a lot of it is we're in the room together. And oh. a lot of what we've done is imaginative work. Got, we've gone back to a lot of childhood wounds. Yes. Uh, every single one of us has seventh, seventh grade room, wounds. So listeners, you are not alone. <laughs> we've gone back to our 12-year-old selves we have talked about deep places where we felt alone. And actually, most of the time, we're actually literally alone. And we have invited each other in to those places. We actually reimagine what it's like to not be alone and to have a community with us. Can you can you give everybody your example? You don't have to go into the details, but yours is on a... You don't have to go into the details, the but playground? yours is on the playground. Yeah. You have a bad memory on a playground. I have a bad memory on a playground. And I'll just say it. I mean, it was... A bunch of people, I'm I'm on the swing in my memory, and there's a bunch of people in the jungle gym behind me, and they're all saying that I'm fat, I'm fat, I'm fat. And oh. I went to try to go and get help from the teacher, and she was just kind of blew it off. And in my memory, I'm just, I'm very much alone. I'm alone, and I'm also being pointed at. And so in that memory, when I walked through it uh, with Kurt and later with a group, I imagined Jesus coming into the playground. So Jesus came into the playground and he stood by me on that swing. And then Kurt said, why don't you imagine some safe people today? Imagine them as their little kindergartner selves. Like we were there, bring them in. And so I saw you all just walking <laughs> in one by one into the playground and and we began to play together. We began to laugh and smile. And then Kurt said, tell me where are the kids that were making fun of you? And I literally said, oh my gosh, I forgot that they were there. Mm-hmm. And so there it's, it's the power of paying attention yeah. and it's committing to being in the room like that and staying in the room. And for me, that's been the most vulnerable place is still 
still working. We're all, that's what's crazy. We're all still working through stories that we're telling ourselves about each other. And we are confessing those out loud in real time. It's brave. And we're still working on believing, is this real? Is this going to stick around? Are these people really going to leave the room at the end of the day? And that is really the questions that we're always asking ourselves in our friendship. You know, can I be vulnerable? Is this safe? Is this person going to leave the room? Or can I imagine them together with me and keep imagining that? And it's been so restorative. I mean, truly it's reimagined. It's been a reimagining of, of female friendships. And yeah, you, you share, Anne, cause well, I don't, I don't want to put you on the spot with your story, but <laughs> she's, you on the spot. she's on the spot. She's on the spot. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think all of us have memories of being bullied as kids, um, of feeling like we were the outsiders and I was, I was traumatized with bullying um, my grade eight year. And I really, I think that's, you saw 12-year-old, 13-year-old Jenny. Jenny, that's who you saw walk into that retreat. Is that 12-year-old, 13-year-old Anne who was walking in feeling really, really scared. Can I trust women in this space? And yes, it's us going ahead and sharing. What was it like? That first retreat, we all shared the places in our, we each got to talk for it was 10 minutes. Was how long? 20, was it 10, 20 minutes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It was 20 minutes. So we all got to share our story. Any way that we wanted to shape that story, share it in community. And then each of us share what it was like to hear the other person's story and um, really vulnerable, tender parts of our, some of us share things we'd never actually said out loud to mm-hmm. anybody ever. Well, let me say the whole process was awkward. I mean, I just want to really- add that. <laughs> It was because it sounds and kind it of poetic, the- but it was actually a complete mess. Like people were weeping. There were times we all had negative emotion towards things. I mean, it was a mess in a good it way, very- but it was also hard. Jenny's right. It was it was hard. It was vulnerable. We were weeping because we're in the like you actually go back in time with the person, and you're like, oh my gosh, I wish I was there with twelve year old so and so, and you weren't alone in that moment. And it, it's a really powerful experience. And for me, there was a particular young girl that was really bullied me in grade eight. And I can't remember which of us in the room said like, and do you know Taylor Swift's song? Is it You're So Mean? Or why do you have to Yes, You're So Mean. (laughs) You're So Mean. I was like, I don't know if I know that song. So somebody pulls it up on their phone. Oh my gosh. We sang at the top of our lungs. (laughs) And at this little dance party about why you got to be so mean and everybody at the top of their lungs. And, and I we was, sang her song, her name in it. Poor girl. We don't even know where she is in life. But we didn't like her in that moment. We were mad. <laughs> and it doesn't sound very Christian of us, but it was it it was healing. Yeah. No, we, I, I saw it as just a communal healing act. I wasn't even thinking too much about the words, although there were people that knew the uh, every single I was thinking about the words. Word. I, was, <laughs> I was yelling at that girl. I wanted to beat okay. her up. <laughs> And you know what? I've gone back and I've watched the video after the fact of us all singing. And I didn't know the words to the song or I hadn't, but it was so healing to know like 12 year old Anne who felt so alone and ostracized and isolated and didn't trust anybody now in her forties could sit in a other women who said like, we are with you. And we're mm. saying to her, why do you have to be so mean to our friend? Please don't mm. mean, don't mm. mean to our friend. Yeah. And it was really deeply healing. So yes, it was vulnerable and yes, it was crazy. And yes, it was kind of wild, (laughs) but it was a moment I will never, ever forget because you all came back to 12 year old Anne and Mm. said, you are not alone in Mm. this moment. 
I want to quickly say something because I know y'all are listening to this and going, I'd give anything for that. I don't have that. I don't know how to create that. Let's talk about the simple things that make this happen because anyone could have this. This is not something that you have to pay Kurt Thompson to have. This is possible. It's a simple group of people coming together and being incredibly honest about their stories and being there for each other. But there are some rails. So Jess, talk just a little bit about what those rails are. Well, and actually I lead a small group here in Austin that I also don't claim to be a leader of um, because it's all of my pastors. So I'm just like, we're in it together, guys. And I followed that same structure. We The 20-minute story, the how does how does that make you feel was is a question we ask ourselves a lot. And the guardrails are, I mean, these are not official guardrails. I mean, of course, Kurt Thompson has written a book that kind of gives some stories about confessional communities. But really, if off the top of my head, I'm going to tell you guardrails. It's a commitment to be vulnerable. It's a commitment to be safe. Mm -hmm. It's a commitment to be confidential Mm -hmm. and it's a commitment to be committed. And Mm -hmm. I would say that we are all showing up Mm -hmm. and even on the days that we don't want to show up, Mm -hmm. even on the days where we are doing great and not doing great. And, you know, every time a lot of us come to this group now and we're like, I don't even know what I have to share this week. And inevitably everyone ends up crying. (laughs) Totally. And it's once a month. It's not every week. This is not day in and day out. Now we're sharing things on Voxer some and trying, just tries to get us to do that. That's where the herding cats comes in. But we are we are sharing things throughout that time, but but mostly it's once a month we sit together and it's a three-hour chunk. Like we are prioritizing this. I've changed flights for this. Like we are, we're saying we're showing up. It's been amazing. And I think it's changed all of us forever. And I think hopefully we can take that into other friendships. I, I mean, I, I am taking it into other yeah. friendships. You know, I really, um, in fact, was Lindsay and I were talking this morning about just how much more resilient I Mm. feel than I, the kind of resilience I was walking in a year and a half, two years ago. And even this week, I had a really uh, hard situation where I was totally left out of a situation with three friends and gosh, I did the brave thing. And I, I called each of them and said, let's go on a walk and talk. And I think that, that, I don't know if I would have had that courage. I think I would have done more of my typical avoidant. I don't want to feel needy. I don't want to admit that I feel left out. I have so many friends. Like, why do I even care about this? I've got these other friends. I, that's where I want to go. But I think because we are in this habit now of really speaking our truth and we'll talk about this in the next group, but after our last call, one of the people in our group called me and said, Hey, I've been holding this against you. And that was really brave of this person. And that person never would have done that before. And so that's the kind of thing we're sharing our story, but we're also sharing the stories that we're telling ourselves about our stories in relationship to one another. And so all the way we're all showing up, our stories are all interacting with one another's stories. Yeah. And and I want to say too, this is special in the sense of it's set apart for a purpose of growth. And I think, you know, you can't just go to dinner and do this with girls that you want to get deeper with. Like we have rules. Like we are, there's confidential rules, there's agreements. This is not just loosey-goosey friends. Mm-hmm. No. And like each of us, after someone shares, we can't jump in to say, I think. Mm-hmm. We, we don't jump in to solve the problem for the person. This really is about 
us sitting with how it feels to hear this person's story and give them feedback on how I feel when you say. And I think what we're really doing in the room is not trying to solve problems, but doing something that I think is the most transformational experience is we're offering everybody, I will sit with you in this pain and I will see you. We offer each other witness and witness that I am with you in the room. You are not alone. You are not abandoned. You are not forsaken. And witness, I see you, all of you, all of the parts of you that you feel ashamed of and embarrassed of, and I still love you. You are still loved and known, which is who Jesus is to us. He is Elwa, the God who sees us. He is Emmanuel, the God who is with us. So I, I think it's the witness and witness, and then we're not trying to solve problems, but to actually reflect back feelings mm. because like Kurt tells us all the time, Community is what traumatizes us in so many ways, but it's only in community that we actually find healing. Mm, so even though the terrifies us, we have to go back to community. God made us to be part of a body. And that body goes ahead and says, this is who you really are. I will be a mirror to you to show you who you are in Christ. And we get to, to be love back to each other. Mm. Well, and people are listening right now and they're thinking, you're not fixing these other's problems? What's the purpose? Because I think that was me. I was, I was that girl. <laughs> um, I think my arms are crossed and I had a scowl the whole first day we were together because I felt like I, I didn't know what was wanted because he would say, Jenny, what do you mm. want? And I didn't mm. know how to answer that question. And he would say, Jenny, well, how does that make you feel? And I didn't know how to answer that question. <laughs> I just thought I was losing <laughs> everywhere. And I want, I mean, I love to fix things for people. And so it was just, it's taught me so much about being in people's pain with them. The verses like mourn with those who mourn. There's something even in our brains that heal when we mourn together rather than in isolation. And so I think y'all have shown me that. I think too, Jenny. Yes, we have our three hour once a month session and we connect on Boxer. But we also have a text thread that is, active every day. Yeah. And we try to respond. And I think what's really beautiful is when women say, SOS, I'm walking into XYZ. I'm walking into a doctor's yep. office. I'm walking into therapy. I'm doing this with my kid. So when we get that SOS text, that that person needs us to show up to say, like, we're all walking into the room with you. You are not alone. Yes. We see you. Like that's that has been really transformational for me to know that we are all showing up for each other and imagine all of us are in the room with you right now. You are not alone in this moment. And I think also we're making generous assumptions about each other though, on that note, because seven women that are living full <laughs> yes. leadership lives, you know, we can't always just stop everything, yeah. but I think there's a sense of like, someone's going to show up for this person yes. and we make generous assumptions about that too. And that also feels yeah. safe. And yeah. I will say, Jenny, that first day, I mean, I've known you for a long time and we're dear, close, close friends. And I saw one of the most vulnerable parts of you that day. Mm -hmm. And it was because you shared and we shared how we felt, but we, I think we actually got into more problems than we were supposed to. And you said, I didn't like that. That's not what I'm wanting. I, <laughs> it, it was, was so, so great. Jenny actually said, no, this is what I want from you. Like in, well, the, in a friendship said, relationship, yep. you said, hey, what you're giving me is not actually what I want. What I want is this. And we're like, oh, okay, we can show up differently. Do you know everybody listening right now is really laughing because I always tell them, use your words, use your words. I used my words that day, y'all. I did. And it was totally vulnerable. And I think 
I would have left. And and the question I had in my head is I'm feeling misunderstood and I'm going to leave misunderstood. And in many times in life, we just do. We just walk out and we're like, I felt misunderstood. All the time. But I thought about this group and I was like, you know what? I don't want to be misunderstood here. I, I'm making a lot of sacrifices to be here to be understood. So I'm going to tell y'all that hurt. And I feel misunderstood. I feel like y'all didn't receive that or, or, and at the end of the day, I was like, what I wanted you to do was this. And they all were like, <laughs> so they said what I wanted them to say. And it was funny because I thought that's going to feel fake or I just asked them for that, but it actually still ministered to me. And it was so precious and dear to me. Well, guys, I love and trust Pine Cove. They hire such amazing, godly, humble, and fun counselors from colleges all over. It is such an incredible life-changing experience for your child. It's been almost, gosh, 10 years since I've been a counselor at Pine Cove. And even as a counselor, it was truly a transformative experience for me. Campers often say they feel free to be themselves without judgment for the first time and they feel accepted and have community and a shared foundation of gospel truth. I'm excited that the same camp experience that I trust here in Texas is coming to the Southeast. Your kids will spend a week worshiping, spending time outside, learning, growing in their walk with God, and also meeting new people from all over. And Pine Cove is Christ-centered, others-focused, and seriously fun. All of the best of Pine Cove is coming to Georgia. It's called the Pine Cove Springs, and this is for fourth to eighth graders. If you go to pinecove.com slash springs and use the code Jenny250 for $250 off a first-time overnight youth camp registration at the Springs, this could be the summer that changes everything. I want to talk about a story that is so personal to me. And it's actually something I've been asked about more than I would have thought. One of the things I shared and focused on was work and the pressure I feel and how that pressure really dates back to being a 12-year-old and feeling like I never could measure up. And that was the first memories I have where I realized I cannot do this and I will never measure up. And so I, I've carried that into my leadership now and to speaking all that. So I'm speaking at the biggest event I've ever spoken at and y'all decide to come. And y'all are like yelling. And people saw the post. I think Jamie Ivey posted y'all yelling and all these things. People were like, I can't even believe that. Like that is so rare. Talk for a minute about that because I think that's a picture of friendship that people don't see enough of where it's like, you know what? I got your back and I'm going to go crazy for you and show up. And and that was, I, I'll never get over it. It's still hard for me to process that y'all did that. Well, I think in our, our confessional community, Jessica, you asked each of us to carry a heavy part of the other person's story. So we each had somebody that Jessica, you asked, and actually Jessica, you were carrying a really part, hard part of my own story. And that that actually looks like, carrying it looks like showing up in text messages, praying for each other, holding that space before the Lord with that person. And I got to hold all of the fears that 12-year-old Jenny felt about going to get to speak at Passion. And I, you know what, Jenny, what was really powerful when we were all at Passion is We'd all actually in the text thread shared pictures of ourselves when we were 12 years old. So we could all actually see what did that 12-year-old girl look like. So yes, Jenny is on in front of what, 60,000 students in a stadium. But we were there for 12-year-old Jenny. Mm -hmm. And 12-year-old Jenny got to be seen and known. And then when you walked off that stage, we were all there to embrace 12-year-old <laughs> Jenny, who had rocked the stadium. and. <laughs> 
ushered in the Holy Spirit to mm. do deep, deep work in a whole generation. But we were there to say, 12-year-old Jenny, we see you. Mm. Well, and what I, why I wanted to share this is 12-year-old Jenny has been healed. Like I stood, I don't know who would have stood, stood on that stage without processing all that with y'all and dealing with that. So I think this works. It's, it's not, it's not woo. -woo. It's kind of sounds woo woo, like going back to your past, but all we're talking about y'all is, is looking back at memories that were painful and remembering them and feeling what, cause they affect us now. I wish they didn't. I think it's silly. They do, but they do. There's no it's, getting around it. All of our emotional responses are mainly reactions and echoes mm -hmm. from pains. But I did want to say, Jenny, you said that we all said we're going to show up for you. One, to me, one of the things that still ministers to me, you actually asked us to come. You actually said, this is a part that hurt me. And you actually, I mean, you invited us, you know, and I feel like that to me was so powerful because again, it, it's you demonstrating that vulnerability of I want you there. I need you there. And part of me asked out of fear of like, if my 12-year-old shows up, we've done all this work. And I'm like, if she's there, I don't know. Like, I don't know what to do with her. <laughs> so it's like support group for my 12-year-old my insecurities. <laughs> Never thought y'all would all come. Let's just say that. Not in a million but years. I think that's exactly the point, Jenny. When we all show up for one person, it tells everybody else, mm -hmm. we will all show up for you too. Like, yes, we are all here for you too. So it's it's... The showing up for one person actually comforts and assures everybody else that you aren't alone either. Yeah. And then the naming of your wants, that assured me that, wow, if there's something that I want these people at, they're going to show up for me, you know, like, so it was both, it was the showing up and then it was also being asked to show up. Mm. I want to talk about a very, both of you are incredible writers and are so vulnerable in your books. And I want to speak specifically about Waymaker because here it is. And girl, I mean, you were so transparent in all your writing, in all your writing. It's kind of a hallmark for you. This is next level vulnerable. Talk about what this feels like to have this book in the world. If you don't have it yet, you need to go get it right this minute. It is so beautiful as all your writing is. I can't imagine how precious and sacred it must feel to put this out there for you. Mm. Talk about that feeling. Yeah, I think, you know what, Jenny? I don't think we can really, we actually, in our community, we talk a lot about co-laboring with God in creating beauty and true beauty. I don't think can be created apart from deep vulnerability and community that you can count on. Waymaker is by far, by far the most vulnerable story I have ever actually it feels so sacred. I couldn't put it in a blog post or let it live online. Like it has to live in the pages of a book. It's, it's talking about my own, um, oh, my own messes, my own addictions, the way I turned in ways that were so destructive. It's talking about how do we move out of bondage? And we're all attached to things. Like we were talking about this in the group all the time. Like, where are our attachments? What are our mm -hmm. attachments? And my own attachments to self-comfort and to self-soothe left me in bondage. And God makes a way out of Egypt, makes an exodus out to move us from bondage to bonding and to be into deep attachment with him. So it's really exploring my attachments and my own marriage and that whole journey, my attachments with our youngest daughter is adopted from China. And what does it look like to attach to God and live out a deep bonding to him because that's where we ultimately have our dreams come true. 
And I don't think I could release a story that is so vulnerable without this community, without this mm-hmm. community that says you are safe yeah. to share the most vulnerable places and you walk out with this story. So other people know they're not alone in their own stories, but the other people, I mean, I think that's why we, we write is so that people know that that's they right. are not alone and yes. it gives them community to say, yeah, I mean, you know what? My own relationships, my own story, my own life didn't maybe turn out in the ways that I thought it would turn out. I had this EPS, this expectational positioning system that said, this is where I would be in my life. And it hasn't turned out the way I expected it to be. So the story really is, um, so other people don't feel like they're not alone in their own story. And actually, Jessica and I were talking this week. Jessica wrote a book about going scared. And the heart of Waymaker is more than about finding a way through. It's about finding a way of life, a habit of life, a rhythm of life that really is about being about living a sacred life. And sacred is an acronym that really sits at the center of the book. So your way through is really about a way of life. And Jessica and I were talking about sacred and scared have the same letters. So every time I think (laughs) of being scared, how am I living a sacred way of life? It's about stillness and attentiveness, cruciformity, revelation, examine, doxology that spells sacred. And that leads me closer to the heart of God, where there is deep bonding and he fulfills all of our dreams. Well, and, mm. and that's so beautiful. I'm, I just want to say so clearly how proud I am of you. Like it is absolutely gorgeous. It is transformational. It is a picture of beauty from ashes. I just cannot wait for the whole world to read it. It is absolutely incredible. And Jess, I mean, what I, I cannot have you on without talking about noonday because Noonday is so much more than jewelry. You created community. You created women with purpose, but also women that that sister together and hold each other's arms up. I've never seen somebody create a culture of friendship mm-hmm. and community the way you did through that company. I want you to talk a little bit about how you've seen the fruit of it lived out because all of us, we, you know, we have this little thing that we do really once a month. And then we have how we're taking it into the world. And I mean, Noonday is a huge way that you're taking it into the world. Yeah. You know, anyone who's listening, who's a creator, which we all are creating, we're creating dinner, (laughs) creating children, we're creating brands or content or whatever we're creating. And there's just so much courage that it takes to do that. Mm -hmm. And it really community catalyzes courage and community unlocks courage. And if you're wanting to do something courageous, then community is the path towards courage. And I think that at Noonday Collection, yes, we sell beautiful handmade accessories that are made by largely women around the world. And we do that through a community of women here in America. And the fact that we are all on mission together and we all are really rallying around what makes us more alike than what makes us different. And we all are connected through this global sisterhood and it is so powerful. And in in so many ways, I feel like I created community out of my own need to feel like I could belong somewhere. (laughs) Cause it's like, when you leave something, you're like, well, I, you know, I definitely I'm invited to this party, right? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I can't not be included here. Right. Right. Um, It's kind of funny how our wounds can also, you know, Kurt Mm -hmm. always says that like, sometimes shame is attached immediately to the beautiful thing that God's wanting to do in our life. But the community part of, of new day collection is really one of the things I am most proud of and 
this community here has supported Noonday over and over again, always championed. We, we're champions for one another. Yeah. You know, it's, it's our success is right. your success. Your success is my success. We're not people that, you know, I'm not saying envy wouldn't come up or any of those things wouldn't come up, but, if it, but those are just fleeting thoughts that we would just immediately decimate because we're just so proud of one another. If you don't know, you need to go find this. I don't even know where we're going to have to have a link in the, in the notes. Friendship bracelets, like old school. It is so cute. You're going to love them. All of you. I mean, they're actually trending too. It's not just kitschy. It's actually on trend, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. For little friendship bracelets are on trend, kind of that layered beachy look. And these are women in India who got to sit and be friends. They're a community of women wow. who sits and in that beautiful weaves these bracelets for women here who are saying, you know what, we are gonna go against the current and we are going to build community. We will have a link in the show notes because you all are gonna want them, I know, from that little description. Guys, thanks for being my people. I'm really, really, really proud of of each of you and so grateful for our friendship. We often close the show in prayer. And today I've asked Anne to do it. Anne wrote a prayer for our little confessional community that we read at the beginning of every session together. And guess what it's called? It's a prayer called Find Your People. Yes, it is. Annie, read it. (laughs) Pray for us. And I'm so, so grateful for you, Jenny. This book just meets our hearts in all the right ways. So yes, this prayer is actually echoes Jenny's book. So Lord, when we find our people where two or three are gathered, your literal holy presence fills, ignites the space between each heart, each heart beat. Lord, when we find our people is exactly where we find the bits of ourselves we've long lost and have too long been looking for. Because in finding our people, we find ourselves looking into the eyes of love himself, feeling him smiling over us, Jesus himself looking into us right there in the faces we are looking into. Lord, when we find our people, when we commit to the work of vulnerability, which is the brave, surrendered, Jesus-formed act of cruciformity, we find what we long for, what we are ultimately made for, intimacy. Lord, where we find our people, cause us to be people who walk in the way of Jesus, keeping that cadence of Jesus to keep close to our people. Vulnerability, cruciformity, generosity, intimacy, intimacy, intimacy. Lord, we thank you for this circle of safe, for this sacred trust of finding our people, because the road to desolation always winds through isolation. But with every turn of soul communication, we find wholeness and holy integration. So Lord, we are here for it, for all of each other, to truly find our people, to be deeply kind to our people, to bear in mind to always bear in our hearts our people, so they never bear their sufferings alone. Because in this art of finding our people, we find ourselves in community that is a kind of holy communion within the restoring and restoring community of you, the triune God. And all God's people said, Amen. 
you are enjoying following along with us as we read Find Your People and you want to dive deeper, then we know that you guys will love the Find Your People study guide that has streaming video and just goes even deeper into the scripture and the topics that Jenny talks about in the book. What we always recommend is that you start with the book, do the book club kit with us, go along that journey through the book, and then when you're done with the book club, do the Bible study. It's actually two different resources, but they go together, and it really is a whole experience that your group can do, you can do individually, that can help you build deep community in a really, really lonely world. The Find Your People Bible Study is available now at all retailers. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time for another episode of the Made for This podcast.